In this friendly little town, there lived an enchanting family named the Cranks. Every year, they would celebrate Christmas together. Merry Christmas! Until the year their daughter Blair left for the holidays. Won't be the same. Then, Luther got a brilliant idea. We skip Christmas. We'll go bask in the Caribbean sun. We skip Christmas? What's up? No Christmas Eve party? Run away from Christmas, huh? A lot of the neighbors are pretty upset. They do not get frosty. Nora, stop the car. Talk to me, Nora. Please. Hello, Mom, Dad. I changed my mind and I'm coming home for Christmas. What? Based on the best-selling novel, Skipping Christmas. We have only 12 hours, so we're going to perform a little Christmas miracle. I'm getting the ham. You get the treat. Tim Allen. Your face. It's like it's frozen. I got a Botox injection today. Luther? <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks. What are you doing, Luther? Whoa! Easy! Whoa. <laughs> Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White, and we have two returning guests from my Temple of Doom podcast. I have Eddie Ball. Is it Ed, Eddie, or Edward? Whatever you want to call me, Scott. Okay, so it's Ed. I like Eddie. So it's Eddie Ball Eddie. And, Eddie and, and Miguel Sanchez, back for my Temple of Doom podcast. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me. When we did the Temple of Doom, somehow Christmas with the Cranks got thrown out. And that's what we're doing here. Uh, so, yes, uh, our Christmas episode. Have any of you seen Christmas with the Cranks before this podcast? I have. Yes. I hadn't either. So it was a first viewing for me, and I'd just like to apologize. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> this will, uh, yeah, this will be even more fun. I thought we had all seen it somehow, mistakenly. No. Just me. Just me, as it turns just out. Just you. It's not the worst movie I've watched, I've done a podcast about. That goes to, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. That was a good one. I remember that one. I saw yeah. that in theaters. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Caddyshack 2. Uh, but this is, uh, <laughs> well, let's just get into it. Okay. <laughs> Eddie, you saw it first. Uh, you said you saw it before. When did you first see it? Uh, I'm trying to think. It, I'm pretty sure the the very first time I saw it was um, like we had like a family of friends over to my family's house, or vice versa, and it was just a holiday movie that had been rented. I think it like just come out in DVD, so it was shortly after the release. Um, and yeah, we rented it and we ended up watching it and watching it again today reminded me that I've seen it maybe three or four other times. I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, why do I watch this movie so many times? <laughs> it's not, it's not even remotely close to my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just 
whatever. There's I something say... to like that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost you there, Miguel. Yeah, I lost all of that. And you guys, it looks like the Blair Witch Project all of a sudden on the go. Hang on one second. <laughs> I know what's happening. I had some screaming, too. Yeah, I heard that. I think, I think his son hey, I'm sorry. No, what? my wife just got in the car in the parking lot, and my Bluetooth connected to the car, which is why I didn't uh... do that. So she's, she's listening right now going, what the hell? <laughs> this happens sometimes. At least it was a podcast and not something else. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh, anyway, I'm sorry. The point that I was saying was I was surprised that Ed said that he had seen it a few times because he doesn't strike me as like, I mean, not like he's a Scrooge or whatever, but he doesn't strike me as like a big Christmas movie watcher. He doesn't strike me as like a Tim Allen fan at all. I I saw this before I saw like uh, the Santa Claus, which I guess is one of the better known Tim Allen Christmas movies, right? That's a classic. That's every year in my house for sure. I almost preferred this movie to that one, but we, we can get into that we'll later. We'll talk about it, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but no, I mean, yes, you're absolutely right, and it was just one of those situations where it was what was on the TV, you know what I mean? Like, it had been rented, and that's what we were watching, so for better or worse, we sat down and watched it. Merry Christmas. It's now a ball family <laughs> tradition. <laughs> Not in my house, but... <laughs> I will say, like, I'm surprised that by now it's not a movie that's just, like, readily available to stream on one of the millions of streaming sites. But uh, whatever, I guess they need to still make a buck here and there. Yeah, we actually bought it because Kristen's, uh, I guess, a fan of it because uh, she had it on DVD, but we don't have it anymore for some reason. So now we own it, and I guess we're going to do this every year now. <laughs> Oh, so your wife might not want to hear this podcast if she enjoyed the movie. Yeah, she seems to be a fan. Uh, I I didn't quite like a hundred percent dislike it or anything, but I definitely had some opinions throughout. I agree. I, it wasn't a a bad movie. I mean, it was a bad movie, but it wasn't. It was the the one thing that I took away, like right from the beginning, is everybody in the movie is a dick. A hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody. I kind Apart of think from Jamie, maybe Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis seems to be the only, like, redeemable character. But most everyone is an asshole. But she's whiny. So everybody's a, everybody's a dick or they're whiny. It was, it, who are you rooting for? It's a Christmas movie. Nobody to root for. <laughs> that Apart was the guy who turns out to be Santa Claus at the end. <laughs> yeah. I legitimately didn't see that coming. I was like, why are they doing this bit? Like, like <laughs> we're like two thirds into the movie. All of a sudden we have this like new character we have to worry about. I'm just it's like, it's been there all along. And that's, Trust yeah. And that's yeah. what the reveal was, of course. Right. But yeah, no, I agree with Scott. I mean, straight away, there's really no likable character. And for a Christmas movie, you expect there to be someone that you're like on, you know, the audience can be on the same side with, but it's just right away, everyone is grumpy. And you understand, like, their names are cranks. So, like, naturally, they're going to be a little bit cranky or whatever. Uh, but it's not just them. Like, everyone in the town is either, like, uh, fake polite, so they're kind of a dick, or they're just outwardly uh, assholes. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, it, it has just that typical uh, ridiculous 
Christmas holiday comedy vibe from the get-go. It's just like nothing really is supposed to be taken seriously. And yeah, everybody is just like a very like exaggerated version of themselves almost. And um, yeah, I was even telling Sarah when we were watching it, I was just like, we, I, I would move out of this neighborhood. Like, oh yeah! Everybody is all up in my business, and I don't want—I don't like it. Well, people telling me to like put up my decorations and stuff, or donate to the police or something, and I'm just like, uh, no, thanks, I'm good. <laughs> it's emo—it's Christmas blackmail, guilt tripping, guilt tripping. Yeah. And there's a part where the pol—he—he he doesn't buy a police calendar. So there's a point where the police. He's afraid the police won't help him because he didn't buy a calendar. So just because he didn't buy a calendar this year, he's afraid that the police department wouldn't help him if he needed it. It's yeah. like, what kind of people are these? That's very yeah. topical for right now. <laughs> I will say, like, watching the movie, it was my first time watching it, I kind of, like, the first chunk of the movie... Uh, when like uh, Dan Aykroyd and the whole crew are kind of like ganging up on them for several scenes, it really kind of felt like less of a Christmas movie in the classic sense and more of like a Christmas horror film. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all these people are standing and you know they're hiding from everyone in the house and everyone's just being like really like give us. Up. And yeah. I was just like, this is like a little scary Christmas town. I definitely don't want to live here. The way I don't they... feel the joy of Christmas at all. <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit towards the end. I don't know. I guess that's the whole point is like, oh, uh, well, we all hate our neighbors kind of thing. But when it came down to it, they all stood up for us and yada, yada. But uh, yeah, they definitely, especially with um, Dan Aykroyd's character, they definitely introduce him kind of as the villain. Luther. What? Come here. Why? Come here. What are they doing? Who? Spilling their guts to Frohmeyer. Oh, not Frohmeyer. You intimidated by Vic Frohmeyer? Honey, he's like the unelected ward boss of the street. So you're saying Frohmeyer has a problem with our skipping Christmas? Who's he gonna call? The three wise men. Santa Claus. <laughs> Don't underestimate him, honey. Vic Frohmeyer lives and breathes for this neighborhood. You should have just bought the tree. You didn't have to put it up. No. You could have left it in the backyard. Quiet. Why are you whispering, Luther? This is our house. I'm whispering for the same reason you're hiding behind that curtain. Huh? Uh, just like this big build-up. It's like, uh, what's his last name? Gunderson or something like that? And, uh, uh, it's like Froymeyer or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it's like a huge, there's all this talk about, you know, the neighborhood leader or whatever. And then, like, we finally meet him. He's got this awful haircut, you know, and <laughs> it's very intense. And his whole family looks like him. So, yeah, no, they definitely, everybody is just kind of portrayed like a villain going into this. It's, it's an odd dynamic going into a Christmas movie. I will say that uh, this is the, my second time on the Dan Aykroyd podcast, and this is the first time I really feel like Dan Aykroyd had, like, a substantial part in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice, like, I, at first I was like, oh, he's going to be the bad guy, so he'll be in a lot of it. And then there was, like, a chunk where you didn't really see him, so I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen him a lot. Yeah. But he actually, like, is, you know, a pretty predominant character, and I think he's one of the only ones that has, like, a redeeming quality towards the end. He kind of, you know, flip-flops and changes and becomes nice. Uh, right. 
and I actually enjoyed him for a little bit. Well, he's the one who convinces everybody to be nice. Yeah. The gist of the movie is Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, their daughter goes off to the Peace Corps, and they're going to take a cruise. So they're not going to celebrate Christmas. Apparently, this cannot happen. In the neighborhood, it's like, we celebrate Christmas. Frosty, they have this big Frosty the Snowman that they put up every year, and everybody's looking forward to this. And all these people want to do is go on a cruise. As Miguel said, it sort of turns into a Twilight Zone horror movie. They won't let these grown people do what they want to do for Christmas. It does get. It gets to the point where it just gets ridiculous and sort of authoritarian. Totally. Where, yeah. <laughs> they're I, like they're trying to save money because they spend an outrageous amount on Christmas every year. And uh, they even say that. It's like, oh, it's about money then, is it? You know, it's like that guy who rips him off for the dead tree. And it's like, yeah, that's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Everybody rips people off. They're, they're gouging him. Now, he was, a, he was a jerk for most of the movie. That's what I mean about, like, watching it. I never really felt like I understood as an audience member who I was supposed to align with. Because Tim Allen is a jerk. But at the same time, like, to Ed's point, you're like fuck off you know what i mean like don't come tell me what to do with my own house and my own money for christmas i'm a grown i'm a grown person i can do what i want so as an audience member especially the first time viewing it i really had a hard time just like keeping up with okay who am i supposed to feel for right now because right now it's basically nobody right and i also felt like it took a long time to get to the oh she's coming back you know they really did a lot of build up on the neighborhood as having like this internal struggle yeah. And then halfway through, it's like, the, then it becomes, she's coming back, and now we have to all come together. And I guess that's the point of the film, and that makes sense like when you say it like that. But just, the, it really felt like the pacing was kind of off. Like, we're just really, we're sitting with this side of the storyline for so long, yeah. and all of a sudden it switches, and I'm just like, it felt like multiple movies coming. All the ways, one, that Tim Allen could be a dick <laughs> about the situation, like going to get uh, Botox, uh, and then going to get a spray tan, and then... You know, not paying charity and then writing a letter to his office saying that they're skipping Christmas. The, the, the letter thing, it was, why, if you're not going to celebrate Christmas, that's fine. Yeah. Why would you write a memo on professional letterhead and just present it to everybody? And to say, to Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Somebody says, Merry Christmas. What are you doing? I'm going on a cruise. That's perfectly normal in today's uh, day. And it is. It's perfectly. He's not doing anything out of the norm at no. all. <sighs> and it's wild that yeah, like I feel like I said that when I saw that scene, I was like, wow, that's totally unprofessional. I feel like my ass would be dragged into my boss's off office like right away if I was like sending out this memo and I was being real snide and snotty. Dear colleagues, I will not be celebrating Christmas this year. Many of you know Blair has joined the Peace Corps. So Nora and I have decided to avoid the rituals of Christmas, save our money, and take a cruise. Therefore, I will not be participating in the usual holiday rituals. I will buy no gifts and accept none. Thank you anyway. I will not attend the firm's black tie Christmas dinner. Nor will I be here for the office party. 
I am not angry and I will not yell humbug at anyone who offers me a holiday greeting. I am simply skipping Christmas. Like, ugh, just felt like yeah. I would be roll my eyes hardcore if I ever read that at work. Uh, again it's just like an exaggerated like everybody's uh responses just seem so exaggerated uh and so you know because like naturally neighbors wouldn't just be that imposing and stuff like maybe family like if you were telling close family it's like oh we're not going to be around this year it's like oh you're missing out with all the family celebrations but yeah it's just like uh, they basically go through everybody in the neighborhood essentially just like setting up their disappointment i guess with the cranks only to come back on it later but um yeah like it, de- it definitely feels disjointed and it's like going from gag to gag i guess yeah yeah i feel like some of the gags were also kind of just boned in like they just yeah. thought of it real quick and and then they shot it and that was that it didn't really like feel the, like a lot the of scene in the rain where yeah. he meets that guy with the umbrellas for the first time it's just like all right, you're going out into the rain. Like, why is this a thing? I don't, yeah, it's, they, they definitely have a time of stretching. I think it, this movie was based on a book, right? And the book is called Skipping Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yes. Written by John Grissom, <laughs> which, which blew my mind when I read that. Like he, <laughs> so he writes, he writes like law stories. And, like, yeah. Right. Like, the Pelican brief, stuff like that. Yeah. That's, it's how he feels about Christmas. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I wish we could skip this shit. <laughs> yeah, but, and, the, and the book wasn't well received either. Oh, really? But you were talking about the pacing of the movie, and I think the pacing of the movie was, we're going to put jokes in all the way, but the jokes aren't funny, so that's why the movie seems so long. The, and another thing which bothered me is... Their daughter's coming back for Christmas. Her daughter is an adult. Totally. Uh, she's joined the Peace Corps. Honey, we're not celebrating. We're going out. You can come home. It'll be a pared-down version. But the fact... It's not like she's 12. She's a grown adult. You're an adult. You're going to get married. You know, <laughs> learn to live with shit. I yeah, it it just made sense. Like nothing really made sense. It was just like the 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 premise and the jokes and everything were just like like technically jokes, technically plot points. But really, all together, it just felt like why do we give a shit about any of this? I know it's like the yeah, it's just like everything is a spoof uh, from Jamie Lee Curtis trying to get this ham, which <laughs> looks gross, by the way. Uh, so I will say there were a couple moments where I actually laughed out loud. Like, okay, there were some funny moments for me. And the ham bit uh, was one of them. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was pretty funny in this movie. And like in the, at the Superstore or whatever? Yeah, so like, you know, okay, some, you know, little bit of comedy here and there. They're like, she's riding on the cart. Okay, little, you know, physical gags, funny like that. But then when she's like chasing that ham in the parking lot and then almost gets squished by this 18-wheeler, like I... I thought that was funny. I was a little worried also because I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to die. Because I'm such an idiot when I watch movies. If you remember Indiana Jones and me saying that. Like, I get get so concerned for the characters. I get real sucked in, okay? Um, 
But uh, even Tim Allen made me laugh a little bit. I, I know it was in the trailer, but the Botox bit is pretty funny to me. It is. He, he looks so ridiculous, but he really sells the, the food coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and the water. And, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is some good classic Tim Allen humor here. Yeah. He doesn't mind uh, making an ass of himself, that's for sure. No. Because that's his brand. That is his brand. Like, he's just like a grumpy old dick, and he uh, <laughs> he puts himself through hell the laughs kind of thing yeah i get that and i can appreciate that i can appreciate that i can also appreciate jamie lee curtis wearing the bikini i i I appreciate i appreciate it for comedy that's she's she's not afraid to it's like this is ridiculous i shouldn't be wearing this I, i i thought that was pretty brave of her uh to wear and tim allen as well wearing speedos I will say both of them were committed to the roles. You know what I mean? Some of the bits, like writing-wise, maybe a little phoned in. Like, okay, we're doing a bit. But they at least committed to them. Right. Like, she was whiny, but you definitely felt her character. Uh, I I definitely also laughed in the beginning when they were still trying to decide about skipping Christmas. Like, when Tim Allen's presenting the idea to her for the first time. They're sitting down eating dinner. And he's, like, kind of making eyes at her. And she's like finish your pasta or whatever <laughs> i just it's like the idea of them banging is hilarious to me but she also like she also, she's like, way out of his league she starts to like unbutton her like christmas vest like she's being all sexy and then he comes back in and she's still wearing like a turtleneck you know what i mean yeah it's like oh man the cranks ew <laughs> well the, the fact that she had to she thought she was gonna have sex on a dinner table yeah and she starts doubting. The fact that she had to get drunk. It's like okay, so she starts doubting all this wine. <laughs> it's not even Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh boy. You really get a sense of like, okay, the cranks are pretty like routine. They're stuck yeah. in their rhythm. And I kept thinking the entire time, like a Christmas cruise would be so much fun. Absolutely, get out of town. Uh, one of the things I was telling Kristen when we were watching it was. Like, I was, uh, the idea came to me, like, if Tim Allen wasn't the lead and it was someone like Adam Sandler was the lead in this movie, I feel like the Christmas Cruise would have been the entire movie because Adam Sandler loves to show up in, like, shorts and on a beach. Adam Sandler loves filming his vacations. Hey, that's exactly my point. Like, that is the easiest gig for him. Cruise with the cranks. Exactly. I'm, and I'm surprised totally that they got that sequel, honestly. I blanked. Sorry, I was talking, thinking about that but then i started thinking about adam sandler but uh, i had like a segue to that but never mind uh i'm an idiot um so yeah move on i uh, uh <laughs> i just like really felt mostly in the movie by the time it was done i was just like i'm not really sure what the message i'm supposed to get here is like it, they kind of shoehorn in like oh tim Allen. tim allen learns to be less selfish at the end and i'm like i don't know it didn't really feel like we earned that moment it just was kind of like we need to finish the movie because he was like a dick up to the last minute. He was a dick up to the very end. And you know what every great Christmas movie has? What's that? Cancer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's how you know it's Christmas. <laughs> and you get to send uh, a sickly person on a holiday. Their neighbor from across the street, his wife, or that would be, I guess they both be his neighbors, but she has cancer. And it's put out during the movie that this is, it's terminal cancer. Yeah. And I thought this, I don't know if either of you thought this, but there's a scene in the movie where they find out 
where they tell Jamie Lee Curtis that this woman has terminal cancer and it may be her last Christmas. And for a moment I thought, are they saying this just to get her to stay? Instead of cruising, like they're manipulating her into they're staying? They're manipulating her. And they didn't. Because if they did that, that just would have been just the lowest of the low. But that you see been what awful. I mean, though? Like, if, it kind of feels like they could have, they had an opportunity to, like, they ended up just doing, like, the classic, like, Christmas comedy or whatever. But I feel like they could have taken this moment to be, like, this weird, like, Christmas town where people are so, like, batshit crazy about Christmas that they would do something like that. I think that movie would be much more interesting, at least. Like... Yeah, like uh, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis just move into the neighborhood. Uh, this is what I was going to mention earlier. Was the uh, Have you guys seen the Christmas movie um, Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon? Yes, I have. I think I've seen some of it. So like, the main premise of that is they are going to be skipping Christmas, quote-unquote. They don't usually celebrate it, and they're like going out of town. Uh on vacation like somewhere tropical and then uh like at the last minute their plans get cancelled i think because of the weather or something and then they have to go spend all four christmases with them uh with their mm-hmm. families their individual families and uh i was thinking about that for this movie you know it's it's just the reverse obviously we've got the weird intense neighbors who are keeping them home i guess but um I mean, you could definitely take that and make it into a horror movie. Yeah. You know, it's just like, with the Frosty, too. They they made, like, the Frosty a scary character. Have these, like, red eyes or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> in the scary basement or whatever. Yeah. There's a scene where Dan Aykroyd says, just give us Frosty, we'll put it up. You don't have to do a thing. Laura Prank, we're here for Frosty. Hello. Luther. Hey, babe. They're here. Who? Vic Frohmeyer, Wes Trott, and Ned Becker, and a gang of their kids. We're here for Frosty. They want Frosty. Well, they can't have him. Nora, please give us Frosty. Uh, um, honey, uh, where is Frosty? He's down behind the furnace. Why? They won't go away. Well, don't give them Frosty. You and Luther do not have to do anything. Just leave Frosty on the front porch. We'll put him up for you. They said they'll put him up for us. Absolutely not. Oh, please, Luther. No. Luther! We'll come back later. And Frosty better be here. I agree with what you said. They, they can't tell Tim Allen what to do, but what, what harm is it? I'll give you Frosty. You can do all the work. You can put it up. It doesn't affect me at all. Why go through all this hardship? When you could have somebody else do all the work, and you're done, and you're and you're done with them. It's one of those scenarios where if you give them an inch, they'll take an arm. Especially with this neighborhood, totally. um, they uh-huh. would like. I just imagine if he gave up Frosty, then everybody would be coming knocking, and it's like, oh, so you are doing Christmas? Uh, you do want a Christmas tree and all of that? Just based on what I saw from these people and how <laughs> desperate they are for this family to celebrate Christmas. Uh, and how shitty they're willing to go. <laughs> so, I, I I mean, I kind of see he's just like, you know, none whatsoever. Because if we let them do one thing, it's going to be another thing and yada yada. And then they've spent all this money on Christmas and they're not even going to be there. 
Well, I think, you know, you think about it, they're talking about spending all this money because they throw this big party uh, and this and that, but, like, the decorations they have in their basement, you know what I mean? They essentially <coughs> sure, sure, throw sure. them up. So it's like, to Scott's point, it's like, okay, well, you're going to be home for most of the Christmas season anyway. You don't leave till Christmas. Just put up a couple lights, put a wreath on the door or whatever. Like, sure, you don't have sure. to be necessarily, like, a Scrooge about it, you know? Which, Which he says in the beginning, like, I'm not trying to be yada yada about it. I just like skipping it. And you're like, yeah, oh, you're okay, kind of an asshole, too. Yeah, you're being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally being a dick when you say we can't give the charity. That you are already going to do anyway. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, it's like we can't give the charity. And that's just awful. Because the thing with Tim Allen is it's a complete break from Christmas. We're not celebrating Christmas. No decorations, no tree. The, the absurdity of the premise is so, the, you know, so we can have all the wacky comedy. Let me ask you about that, Scott. So you, you've talked about you know, the wacky comedy and the bits. Like, how did you feel? Like, you do comedy for a living. Like, what did you think when you were seeing all of these Christmas bits come on? Like, none of them were funny. It, it was, okay, got it. I like I Tim Allen. I yeah. like Dan Aykroyd. I, Jamie Lee Curtis is a very good comedic actress. Yeah. Seen, but none of it was funny because it was done. I, I believe I told you this one time ago. You could pretty much get away with anything if you say it with a smile. Mm-hmm. This was all done, it was all meanness. Like when Tim Allen sprays, all these people want to do is Carol. Yeah. And he sprays, he, he, he abuses a cat through the entire movie. All of it's done with malice. Okay. And that's why it's not funny to me. Sure. I, yeah, I agree. You know, to your point where you were saying, like, you know, Tim Allen, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, everything kind of, like, on paper works. Like, uh, this should work. But it's just something about, like, putting them together and then the bits just feel so uninspired. Like, we're doing them just to do them. Yeah. Uh, and it just feels like everything kind of falls flat. And while there was a couple things that made me laugh here or there, it definitely wasn't the big, grand, like, physical gags or anything. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, and they threw in that subplot with the guy that got picked up by the cops. The, the, the most random thing, like they were, they even were like, the dialogue was even like, we need to stretch, we need to stretch for time. And it was also just like, yeah, you know what, we actually do because we got to hit an hour thirty, and we're like, <laughs> so this movie is an hour forty. Yeah, trim, trim. Like it definitely felt like okay, let's wrap it up, and then, and even when they're wrapping up, I'm just like, oh, gosh, this is let's end it, just turn it off already. And I have to say, you know, we were talking about the Santa Claus earlier. We in my house, we love the Santa Claus, like the Tim Allen original. And that one feels so different. It's like they're really embracing Christmas. His character in the Santa Claus, before he even becomes Santa, is like really into Christmas as a grown adult. And you just feel like the joy. And here, you're just like, they don't like Christmas. It's not making me like this movie. I'm just like, I, I, if I were watching this to feel the Christmas joy of the season, like it's not really hitting those mo- the marks for me. I mean, even his uh, neighbors who are so, uh, you know, pro-Christmas, and which isn't to say like they're even anti-Christmas, again, just trying to go on a vacation. But um, they're like, they kind of put you off with the whole idea. The neighbors, I mean. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, so into it that you're like, want to do like this. stop you're you're like invading my private space <laughs> like <laughs> i i celebrate christmas in my own way but i don't need you telling me how i should be feeling and guilt tripping me i can't stand a guilt trip you know what i mean but um and like even when they start i don't know i mean when they start rolling it together 
the party, I mean, you kind of get excited for them, maybe yeah, a little know. bit. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like you... because like the the you know that's the where the film flips, and then you're kind of like rooting for them to have this party, or at least that's how you're supposed to be feeling before um, Blair gets home. So you know, that's the holly jolly thing, and then you got that random Santa Claus dude popping up every now and again, and then. Yeah, but it's just, like, by the end of it, you know, I don't know, I'm, like, and I'm sitting here questioning, how is it that I've seen this movie so many goddamn times? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, because, yeah, it's just, like, um, I don't know, it is far from my favorite Christmas movie. I will say um, that that bit, you know, where the community comes together and they decide to kind of like let bygones be bygones. That really is the only part of the movie where I felt like, oh, okay, this is nice. You know what I mean? Like Tim Allen was a jerk and they, they're acknowledging that, but they're also saying, but this is bigger than that. Yeah. And, you know, we're here for each other and we need to make this work. And I just thought it was really funny that Tim Allen was like, yeah, Blair's coming home. And then Tane Ackwood would be like, Blair's coming home, everyone. He's like, <laughs> he's like, that was the only one of the funniest bits of the movie for me. And I was glad that it was Dan Ackwood making me laugh so I could talk about yeah. it on this podcast. It's like, smoke trap. It's like, smoke trap. Oh, that's not good. Well, I thought you were skipping Christmas this year, Mr. Crank. Yeah, what about that? What's going on there, Luther? Blair's coming home for Christmas. Blair's coming home for Christmas. She's bringing her boyfriend. And she's bringing her boyfriend? And she expects to see a Christmas tree? Yeah. And a Frosty? Of course. And what about the annual Crank's Christmas Eve party? That too. Okay, when does she get in? Plane arrives about 8 o'clock. 8? All right, people, listen up, gather around. We're about to have a party here at the Cranks. A Christmas homecoming for Blair. Drop what you're doing and pitch in. Nora, do you have a turkey? Um, smoked trout. Smoked trout. Smoked trout. Uh, And then, like, what he's like, and yeah, we all know that he's just been a... a real dickhead this Christmas. <laughs> it's just like, uh, yeah, it's like really selfish. Really, <laughs> it's just like driving that note. They, yeah, like there's obviously something just mildly, mildly entertaining throughout the whole movie. You know, that just makes it. I, and you know what? It came out. I, I just looked up. It came out in '04, which seems like a millennium ago. But uh, it was. That was also during the time when those movies would be on TV for like totally. two solid months leading up to Christmas. So I think that's probably how I did see it so many times. But like, yeah, it's just one of those, it's definitely one of those films that like, you know, you got the family over and you're just watching Christmas movies. Granted, there are a million other Christmas movies that would be much more jovial and fun um, that you could watch now, just like a click away, but yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that you would just throw on for the heck of it, just to get in the spirit, I guess, for chuckles. 
or whatever you get out of this movie, you know. This is definitely like a background Christmas movie for me. Like if I was having like a Christmas party and it had oh, yeah. backgrounds, totally. Yes, because when I was watching it, I started doing shit around my apartment. <laughs> Got up and I'm just like, I'm not really missing anything. So yeah, uh, that's good to know. And there I, I was. There I was watching it for maybe like the fifth time and watching it intently. And every time I had a distraction come up, I paused it. <laughs> because I was wow. just like, well, I want to make sure I take it all in for this podcast. And so I just, had. Yeah, I could have had. Hey, when I when I sign up to do a movie podcast, I can. <laughs> You're a good guy. Another thing I didn't like was. So Jamie Lee Curtis, she signs off on this trip, but when the daughter's coming home, all of a sudden it's all Tim Allen's fault. It's like this is your idea. You did. The, it was like you were on board this entire time, and then it's down to clown. It's the evening before, right? Like the that that they're about to leave. Oh man, it's, it's Christmas. They leave on Christmas, so it's Christmas Eve when this happens. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the thing. So I, so I sometimes get like a little, uh, neurotic about details or whatever. And there was one point in the movie that I was like totally taken out of it. And I was like, no way would this work. So they get the call. There's, you know, Blair's and her husband or whatever saying we're coming home for Christmas. And you know, they're on the phone and she's like, oh, I'm flying in today. Number one. And you're like, Oh shit. That's a lot of stuff to put together in one day. And then she's like, I'm getting in at eight. Our, my flight lands at eight and the parents are supposed to go pick them up. And they're also throwing a Christmas party that night. It's like, how are you going to get all the way to the airport, pick them up, bring, come all the way home, and then start a Christmas party at like 10 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve? It's just like, I, I was like, I felt so much stress and anxiety. I would never plan something <laughs> like that. No, that's why the neighbors stood up and did their bit. Uh, I thought it was funny. That, that was one bit that made me chuckle. It was when <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd turned to the cops. And he was like, you guys are going to the airport. It's like, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> and I mean, it's like an old gag, like, do I need to speak to the chief of police? But it was just kind of funny in that moment. I was just, because that, that, um, the shorter cop, isn't he, um, he's yeah, Cheech. Cheech. Right. Yeah. I, I was trying to figure out which one was which, but yeah. Cheech. And the other guy, so, the other guy's a Busey brother. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was in like um, Super Troopers and no, not Super Troopers, Super Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, thank you. Oh, That's right. Super That's Califragilisticexpialidocious. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, Starship Troopers, thank you. Uh, yeah, you don't see him much anymore either. That's all right. Christmas movies are always gonna make some money. <laughs> That's for sure. You're right. It's almost a, making a Christmas movie is like printing money. Totally. Because people are going to see it, and it's going to be on TBS. Do we still have TBS? Is that still on? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, do. it is. Hey, yeah, there are plenty of people who still have cable TV. Yeah. You know? And this is a good time of year for them. And I feel like, I don't know, this was like a year after I moved to the States. And it definitely has the American traditions like on full display as far as like how you go about Christmas because uh, like I loved that Jamie Lee Curtis's <laughs> her transformation of getting into Christmas mode as soon as they find out that Blair's coming home her first thing that she has to do is put on her Christmas vest yes <laughs> and I was like yes 
all of my aunts, all of my American aunts have a vest just like that, you know, <laughs> that they knit for each other. And, you know, it's just like such and it's the ugliest fucking thing. And I like, I don't know why people do it. It's just like, and I told Sarah, it's like, hey, when you get older, you can't wear shit like that. But uh, it's such a, I, I thought that was a funny, like, pretty spot on. It's just like, yeah, exactly. It's like, of course, that's the first thing you need to grab. That's the most important thing here. That's like her superhero outfit. You know what I mean? She's getting ready. <laughs> Super Christmas. Well, this is actually the fourth movie with Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis. They I started this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I want to guess them. Um, okay. Okay, so... There, obviously, there's this one. There's the... There's one... Oh, where... Wasn't it, like, um... My Girl? Yeah. Yes! I don't know if he was in My Girl 2. Yes! Oh, does that count? Okay. That counts. That's two. And then there's another one where I can't remember the name of it, but I do remember that Jamie Lee Curtis gets naked in it. Trading Places. That's all I got. Was that it? That's yeah. That's it. And it's just weird because in the first movie, Dan Aykroyd was top billed and Jamie Lee Curtis was, you know, later on in the credits. And now it's come full circle where Jamie Lee Curtis's mo- name is over the credits and, and Dan Aykroyd's uh, comes after the credits. Uh, yeah, well, one of them has definitely had a better career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, she pops up in everything still these days. Uh, she just did, like, another Halloween movie. She's got another one coming up. She's on a lot of sitcoms. Yeah, she's, very, well, she's married to Christopher Guest. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. Who's that? Who's Christopher Guest? Uh, he did, like, uh, Best in Show, those mockumentaries with um, Eugene uh, Levy uh, and stuff. Um, Waiting for Guffman. Spinal Tap? Do you know Spinal Tap? Spinal mm-hmm. Tap is what I was thinking, yeah, when yes. you said the mockumentary. Yeah, okay. Spinal Tap is the only one I haven't seen of those. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, she, and she did, like, A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah, so she's, she's, definitely been in and around comedy wasn't this also around the same time she did that movie um freaky friday with Lindsay lohan oh yeah yeah like it was around that time right like i just she had like a whole burst full of random family movies that came out uh let me ask you this and this might be me stretching but they keep saying, who doesn't want to Who doesn't want to celebrate Christmas? Who doesn't want to celebrate Christmas? Who doesn't want to celebrate Christmas? Well, how about the Jewish people? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe it's, it's like, just their beliefs, you're, okay? You're telling me that there's not one Jewish person in that neighborhood? Again, Probably not, Scott. The, Christmas, <laughs> the Christmas horror movie, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's like Get Out for Christmas. Or the, like, the Stepford Wives. It's like, oh, are you going to be here this Christmas? We love Christmas. Don't forget Mr. Frosty. No. <laughs> I I preferred this movie to be a horror movie, for sure. I would have been a, a lot more engaged. Scott, let me ask you this. You said this was your first time watching this movie, but you had it on DVD. I, I didn't oh, pay for it. Got it, got it, got it. It's a free DVD. All right. Um, it's just been sitting there collecting dust every Christmas, huh? Started collecting dust, and I, I busted it out this time. 
At this point in the recording, we lost our audio. After Miguel asked me why I had Christmas with the Cranks on DVD, he asked me what my favorite go-to Christmas movies were. And let's take it back from there. My go-to Christmas movies uh, is Scrooge <coughs> with Bill Murray, Ernest Saves Christmas. Good one. Yeah. I don't go for the traditional, and then I like, if you say Christmas Horry, I watch Silent Night, Deadly Night every year. Is that a zombie movie or something? No, it's a slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's dressed as Santa Claus. Got it, got it, got it, got it. You know, I was thinking while watching this, too, is like, they they might as well have just, like, taken this movie and slapped on, like, Tim Allen's own Scrooged. Because that's what it felt like. It's just, like, as much as he was saying... You know, I'm not trying to be a Scrooge, but it was clearly bar humbugging. Like, if they maybe had leaned into that a little bit more, I, yeah, I totally agree. And maybe just like a slight retooling of the story, and yeah. maybe it would have worked a little bit better. But Ed, what are your Christmas classics? What do you like to watch? I have but one. Uh, I mean, that's not true. I mean, you consequently end up watching a lot of Christmas stuff yeah. around that time, and Home Alone, I think, is like easily like a go-to but my absolute favorite that just like gets me in the christmas mood every year is uh, muppet's christmas carol <laughs> that's a good one that is I a good one that is all the right it's got all the right christmas messages it's got songs it makes you happy it makes you laugh it makes you sad it makes you cry uh and, the, and that's what you want out of a christmas movie yeah well it, it makes you it makes you remember what christmas is all about and that's it's true. about the muppets <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I, I just love that movie. I think it's the best. We thing. we have a handful of Christmas movies that we watch every year. Um, obviously, Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Uh, we watch The Holiday. That's Kristen's favorite Christmas movie, The Holiday with uh, Cameron Diaz and Jack Black and all them. Oh, God, I hate that one. Uh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But <laughs> your wife is not gonna watch. Not gonna like this podcast. Look at that. Yeah, don't worry. She's not, she wasn't gonna listen. To the things you love, we hate them. We hate them. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. And, you know, but That's we right. both we both really enjoy watching Love Actually, and we'll watch that uh, maybe twice over the Christmas season. And we might even throw it in like in the random ass springtime or something, like Christmas in July. Maybe we'll watch Love Actually. But those are our go tos. I also watched the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. I watched the that. Classic. Yeah, and the Grinch. The Grinch stole Christmas. The, the cartoon or the Jim Carrey the cartoon one? with Boris Karloff's voice. That's a uh, classic. But not the Jim Carrey one. <laughs> not the Jim Carrey one. No. <laughs> I'm. You know, that's just like a culture thing. I think. I. Uh, I didn't grow up with Charlie Brown or like the Grinch. Like I knew about the Grinch when the Jim Carrey movie came out. Uh, but, like, yeah, we didn't, that, the, like, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Charlie Brown, they, like, didn't play on our TV ever. So, and when I got over here, I was like, God, this animation sucks. Because it's so old. <laughs> it's so old. But I, I, I know it's got, like, a place in, like, wasn't the Charlie Brown Christmas, like, people were afraid it wasn't going to be on TV this year because of, like, some copyright or something. Yeah, because Charlie Brown's Halloween wasn't on network television. It was on Apple TV or something like that. Uh, but, 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 the, but the Thanksgiving and the Christmas special will both be on network television this year. 
Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that, Ed, you were mentioning that those weren't on TV. And as a child, for me, those were on TV like every season. You know what I mean? I'm because sure, yeah. You made that point to watch the Charlie Brown specials when yeah. they came on. Because I was a kid and I loved Snoopy. I thought Snoopy was great. Uh, same with the Grinch and then like Rudolph and Frosty. They did like a whole run of those. Yeah, no, we didn't have those. Uh, we had the Snowman. That was like our annual Christmas uh, cartoon that would come on TV. Have you heard of the... You're talking about Frosty? No, 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 just the snowman. The snowman. It's got that famous song, I'm walking in the air, da 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 That uh, famous song. Yeah, Twitch. Famous song that nobody's heard of. Ed has heard of. I'm going to send you guys this, like, when you hear it, yeah, okay. <laughs> I have a to-do list after this podcast. <laughs> it's like a huge thing over in England. on uh, Christmas with Frank. I, I agree with Miguel. It was, it, it could have been an hour and a half. And the scene which strikes me, it's like when Tim Allen takes the turkey or the ham over to the, to their couple across the street. He takes the ham over. He has this awkward conversation with them. He walks back out in the middle of the street. It's snowing. He walks back to the neighbor's house and then gives them the tickets for the cruise. It was the same scene twice. Yes. And back to back it's just like cut that first scene have him go over there with the tickets you you tighten up the movie you get to his arc quicker absolutely it's like we don't need to stretch so much in this film we've it already feels like a stretch by the time we get to the end it's just like do us a favor and wrap it up (laughs) i mean the the whole burglar thing could have cut Five minutes. Easy. The most unnecessary subplot uh, ever was like, and then you've got like Malcolm in the Middle's little brother who lets them out. Because um, why would you do that? Yeah, but, it was uh, like they wanted to balance the screen time, even with the smaller characters. They wanted to give everyone equal equal screen time, and it's like, no, this uh, this uh, movie is about the community. So we've got to <laughs> we've got to meet every single person and see and check in on them throughout this. Yeah, it was... Uh... <laughs> Here's what you do when you're a criminal and some idiot kid lets you go. You don't go in the house <laughs> where the cops are. You run away. Yes. You, you get in the cop car, drive away, run away, get out of there. You don't go towards the cops. <laughs> I will say the cop did have a pretty funny line like when they, they finally arrest him again and he's walking him out to the car and the cop says something like you know you promised me <laughs> I, just, I was like, like that was the little boy the little boy said that it's like you oh, promised me. yeah i thought when it was you the make, cop uh, telling him that yeah well there's another christmas lesson it's like keep your promises or you that's won't right. go to jail that's right <laughs> oh, oh man right. yeah well, what a what a i definitely throwback. i'm so glad i watched it again for the sixth time <laughs> I'm definitely glad that you know we watched it and we did a Christmas one. You know what I mean? Uh, just a bummer that it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. <laughs> what were you expecting, Miguel, 
uh, seeing this. Okay, so the trailer, you know what I mean? Because uh, if you watch the trailer for the movie, it's pretty concise. You know, it's like, we, we're going to skip Christmas, and then, oops, she's coming back, and now we need to hurry. And so I kind of thought that was going to be the main focus of it. But like I said earlier, the, it takes so long to get to that point, because they're really building up the, the, the drama in the community or whatever. And I just was, like, really expecting it to be, oh, we need to hurry and make Christmas happen. And it really, it just felt more like, I don't know it just kind of drug on too long. So I was expecting a little bit more of the family dynamic and it was a lot more of the Tim Allen being an asshole dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Do you think the movie, if Tim Allen wasn't an asshole, if Tim Allen were nice people getting bombarded by the neighbors and then maybe it works up to them being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Do you think that would have worked better if they're just nice people being, you know, this, it's like, we just want to go on the cruise. And they, they try to, you know, they try to pacify these people. But what about that? I think, yeah, there, what, what suffered, the story suffered with the most was the fact that there just wasn't really a likable character for most of the movie. Um, I also think they could have split the difference with the cranks and you're spending Christmas with the cranks, quote unquote, and do the Tim Allen, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis storyline, but also and follow like the daughter and her fiance trying to get home and make it more focused on the cranks as a family, uh, kind of making, trying to make Christmas happen together as opposed to like the cranks are really the bad guys for most of the movie. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. just give me, give me someone to root for. Yeah. It's not a good movie either. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Jingle all the way. You're rooting for Arnie to get that totally. toy for his kid. Totally. It's and sometimes he does things that might not be legal, but he's a, he's a he's a likable guy. He's a likable character, and you're you're rooting for him. Mm-hmm. You don't really care if Tim Allen gets to go on this cruise or not. You don't really care if he stays at home. We've said it before, and we'll say it again. He's just too much of an asshole. If he's an asshole like this. That means he's an asshole all year long. <laughs> Absolutely, just a regular everyday. Life. I just think he's a, a regular everyday asshole. Okay. And they try to they try to play that down because there's a couple of times when he's in a slight argument with Jamie Lee Curtis and he walks away and then he comes back and he kisses her. So it's like, okay, maybe he's not a total asshole. Wow, we've used the we've used the word asshole a lot. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, kind of an, an out there uh, complaint. You know what I mean? Normally, yeah. it's everyone is uh, too jolly or something. Yeah, yeah. Like Ebenezer Scrooge had a better story arc than like, and he he was supposed to be an asshole at the beginning, but he's a wonderful man, and they hand they hand Tim Allen the opportunity. Like it could have been a complete cliche, but in that bit where everybody's all together in their house. And they're giving toasts and stuff. They're just like, okay, Tim, it's time to make a really sweet toast, like where you could just take it all back. But no, they like no. commit. They commit to him being an asshole. After <laughs> everyone like, came together, and they never like remedy that later. It's not like he goes back in there and then tells everybody, "Hey, I'm sorry, thank you so much." He doesn't really, and. It's uh, like that's the sweet thing he does do is go to the couple across the street. But like, yeah, they just like really commit to it. It's odd. 
Um, and I guess it is just for gags or whatever. I don't know, because it wasn't even funny at that point. They said, well, this is just uncomfortable. Thank you, Tim. Maybe slip out of, if you don't want to make the toast, to slip out of the room or something. But just to stand there awkwardly and say, like, uh, me too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Silly, silly. Well, uh, again, just want to make the point. I'm glad that Dan Aykroyd had a bigger spot in this movie. Got to see him for a little bit. <laughs> he played the accordion. Does he, he do did. that in real life? Yeah. He's a musician in real life. So I don't know if he... I, this is the first time I've seen him play an accordion, but I'm sure he can. He's a very talented musician. Oh, man, and that's... the Dan Aykroyd podcast we do, we, he's going to have a starring role. I'll make sure of that. He better be on the cover... Top billing. Uh, We're warming up. We're warming up. Cameo supporting Oscar winning role. You guys want to do Driving Miss Daisy? Is he in that? that? He was nominated for an Academy Award in Driving Miss Daisy. Dan Aykroyd? Yes. Let's do it. I'm down. I want to see this movie. I've never seen it. So that would be it. Well, he's third billed, but he's above the credits and he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Let's do that one. I want to do that. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that next year. So any last words on Christmas with the Cranks? There's a, there's a Christmas movie out there for everyone, and it's not that. It's not this. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're just like a very angry person. <laughs> I have to agree with both of you. I probably... We have... Uh, people have little libraries in front of their houses where you just like you take a book and leave a book. I think Christmas at the Cranks might get put in there this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Just throw it out there and hopefully someone will yes, get in it. Yes, if it's not for me and it's not for you, maybe it's for somebody and somebody will get some enjoyment out of it. This Christmas. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about, not being an asshole. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least try. At least at try. Least try. That's it. At least try, Tim. I'm sorry your TV show got canceled. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! But well, I will say, Tim Allen is in uh, what, uh, uh, Galaxy Quest, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's not that's the other disappointing thing is like, and I'm, I wouldn't go ahead and call myself like a Tim Allen fan, but I do enjoy a good handful of his movies. Galaxy Quest is absolutely one of them. Santa Claus, I watched uh, Home Improvement growing up. You know what I mean? So like, I know Tim Allen can be like quote likable in his grumpiness. So I'm just like such a swing and a miss here with Christmas with yeah. Cranks. Uh, but it's just like one of the, again, it's one of those movies that they churn out every Christmas. Yep. And yeah, money. He he does have a lot of those movies, but. Whatever. I just remembered that uh, Dan Aykroyd's also in Pearl Harbor. Is that one we could talk about? <laughs> yes. Uh, whatever. I was. <laughs> yeah, just we'll like, do that for the anniversary. This Oscar nomination is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I think Dan Aykroyd is the only SNL cast member Bill Murray nominated. Was nominated. Oh, he was for, for Lost in Translation. Yeah, right. right. So, so Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd have uh, wow. been nominated for Oscars. That blows my mind. Bill Murray, I can see, but Dan Aykroyd, that's kind of surprising. So now I'm definitely going to do it. Driving Miss Daisy next year. All right. I want to thank uh, my guest, Eddie Ball and Miguel Sanchez. I love you guys. Thanks for doing this for me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Merry Christmas. Having us. Yeah, Merry right. Christmas. Happy New Year. This is the Dan Aykroyd Podcast, and we'll see everybody in 2021. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. 
If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Yeah, 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 I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane While people behind me are going toilets and I piss on the seat I walk around in the summertime saying how about